My guest today is Brian Worley. He is the CEO and founder of Patient. It's a venture-backed healthcare finance technology company, which helps improve health outcomes by enabling patients to assume greater financial responsibility. Essentially, it's a line of credit for healthcare expenses. I've been following along with their growth the past year or two, and really excited to have him on. Go ahead, subscribe and share with a friend. Enjoy. Brian, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Great great to be here. So tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing at Patient. Yeah, at, a, at the kind of the most grand level, uh, we are working to remove cost as a barrier to care. Our vision is that care is best when it is early. Um, I saw mm-hmm. that from my years in the hospital. So the earlier that we can you know, help a patient, um, the better for them, the better for the health plan, the better for, for us, frankly. You know, most hospitals and providers are mission-driven, and we want to we know that early care is more effective and more affordable than sort of care later on. And certainly, you know, any patient would, would tell you that they'd rather, you know, feel better sooner rather than later. And so that's that's what we're doing. Very nice. Yeah, that makes total sense. Let's jump on into that. So what were you doing at a hospital and kind of what were you seeing that helped lead you to to start patient? Yeah, um, I worked in, you know, I was privileged to work in a number of different roles over 12, 13 years. Um, I'm an engineer by training, went to Mizzou here in Columbia, Missouri, started working at a local hospital, 400-bed hospital, so a good-sized community-based hospital, uh, non-academic, started doing, you know, administrative work, started doing project management, uh, worked in the OR for five or six years doing sort of business management for it, and moved over into you know, business development and strategic planning uh, for the hospital and the um, soon-to-be, you know, health system. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you're, I think, the first engineer that I've had on, especially that gets into to hospital management. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a great path and uh, very lucky and privileged to, you know, have worked with a number of people. It was a great place to work and uh, certainly wouldn't be here today if it, if it weren't for that. Yeah. So patient is aiming to eliminate some of those financial barriers to healthcare. Can you give us an idea of who should be using it? What type of employers? Who is this program call it best for? Yeah. Yeah. So sponsored by employers, you know, patient is a payer for employees out of pocket healthcare expenses and healthcare expenses being a pretty broad bucket. So you know, anytime the the employees have a medical, dental, pharmacy vision, even veterinary out-of-pocket expense, they can tap, you know, patient and we will pay that expense on their behalf and help them to turn that into a uh, payment plan over time, help them to sort of, you know, choose a source of funds. And so we're helping people better access and afford care by being a, a payer of, of out-of-pocket costs. And so um, alongside any health plan, you know, we are helping them to sort of live better lives, we think, by accessing care earlier without sort of the financial harm uh, that we have seen with, that uh, can be the case with higher deductible health plans. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, any employer 
who is seeking to help their people sort of, you know, better access care, employers who maybe are facing a, a higher renewal. And so they're contemplating plan design change and, and but, you know, sort of needing to, to be mindful of employees' access to care. You know, patient is uh, well positioned there to help employees maintain access to care, you know, sort of, and, and yet still yield the employer the, the savings that they're kind of looking for there. We help employees access care earlier. Yeah, I imagine a lot of employers, one of the first questions they likely have is, how is this different than an HSA or an FSA? Yeah, it's a common question, and and we get that. So, you know, patient isn't seeking to replace HSAs or replace FSAs. We like to say that patient makes those benefits better. So coupled with an HSA, uh, we um, employees are able to, you know, we seek and aspire to have patient to be the first swipe in healthcare. And so employees with an HSA can use patient sort of to more strategically use or manage their HSA uh, savings and contributions. You know, we're working with a large health plan and they shared with us like, hey, gosh, nationally, we see, you know, across our large employers at 70% of HSA balances are less than what, you know, the deductibles are on our plans. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a problem. So, you know, though employers have made contributions to the HSAs to kind of give people a partial bridge across that kind of deductible divide. Like we think patient completes that bridge all the way to to the other side with, you know, source of like, you know, no sort no cost cash for folks to use tap when they need to, to access care. So for for HSAs, you know, we we're a good complement for HSAs and that we we help the HSA providers um, really sort of help employees uh, grow their dollars, the account balances over time. So we see employees say, hey, I'm going to pay this bill with patient, but I'm going to swipe my patient card, but elect to fund it you know, from my HSA. So we're giving employees like optionality to you know, best sort of determine which healthcare bills do they want to pay with, with their HSA and which ones do they want to just let their HSA contributions ride. Uh, we see you know, some folks at the other end of the income spectrum who use patient for all their medical expenses Mm -hmm. and um, are trying to just fully fund their HSA to kind of grow those dollars. So that's kind of how folks are using the HSA for the, for the FSA. What we do is gosh, if if, if you had, you know, $150 in your your FSA and you have an $800 MRI bill, go ahead and, you know, use those $150 in in your FSA. And then you can, you know, finance the rest over time uh, for free with patient. And so we're helping, you know, people to, um, to, you know, go ahead and access care earlier in the year rather than sort of rationing care on their own or delaying care because, you know, they're trying to make two, three, four hundred dollars that they put into FSA last all, all year long. Mm-hmm. We're saying like, no, just go get care, go get care early, feel better. And, um, because no matter what the bill is, you're going to be able to afford it, uh, with patient. So you mentioned a lot there as far as the no cost. So there's no interest on this line of credit for health expenses. That's right. That's right. So that's that's very mission driven to us. You know what what we're seeking is is to remove cost as a barrier to care. And so uh, we're very mission driven in that. You know the there's no interest. There's no fees attached to using our money for the employee. Uh, we want to not introduce another barrier to care. And so the 
you know, if you swipe your, your patient card for $200, you can, you turn that into 20 bucks out of say your next 10 checks or, you know, $40 or your next five checks or whatever the employee decides, or just funding it straight from their checking account or, or HSA. But, you know, there is, there's not, there's not interest or fees attached to that. And so how do you guys make money? Is it on a per employee cost or what does that look like? I'm sure that's a, a common question as well. Yeah. Yeah. Common question. So we're, we create value, you know, for the employer by, by helping them to, you know, offer plans that, that are more budget friendly for the, for the employer. Uh, we're helping people to sort of, you know, choose plans uh, that are right sized or sort of, you know, better suited for that employee. So gosh, you know, go and advantage yourself with that lower premium, higher deductible plan without having to worry about, you know, the impact of, of medical expenses because you have this way to pay over time that's, you know, friendly to you and your family's budget. So we create value for the employer. So the employer, uh, we're employer sponsored. So, you know, they, there's a cost to the employer for patient. Uh, and then we certainly create value for Visa and that we're, you know, creating new transactions that here too didn't exist. And then, you know, certainly for some providers, we're creating value for them as well doctors go to school to become doctors, not, you know, lenders or creditors. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're able to get those folks paid today in full. And, um, you know, that certainly creates value for, for them and that they can go back to, you know, focusing on being a, being a doctor. Absolutely. So I go to the doctor and get hit with a $3,000 bill. I'm on a high deductible health plan. What sort of spending limits are there for a program like this? What, what does that look like? Sure. Yeah. So patients are very flexible. So we work with each each employer differently. And, okay. and because we're an employer-sponsored program, it's, it's really kind of up, up to what the employer wants to provide. Absolutely. And so for a lot of those, I think when I was first talking to Chris a year or so ago, he was using the example around a thousand. Are you seeing a lot above that, below that? Yeah. Yeah. So a thousand, two thousand dollars is, is sort of kind of you know, more normal. We have, you know, a lot of employers offering that line of, they're sort of making that line of credit available to their employees. We've got folks sort of at the 500 mark and we've got other folks, you know, up to 10,000. And so oh, wow. it, it really does kind of depend on what is, what does that employer want to make available? Like what is the strategy that they're trying to achieve with their plan design in the next year? And then how can they use patient to help them achieve that plan design, you know, over sort of a multi-year strategy, like like they they tend to use patient as a part of some broader, bigger strategy, and we're we're happy to to you know help them achieve uh, what whatever you know what what those goals may be. Yeah, I imagine retention is one of those broader strategies. I mean, is there a lot of risk in people leaving that company and not paying you guys back? Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a you know a risk that we take with mm-hmm. one of our products. You know, we have a from a lot of our employers. You now we we take that risk. Interestingly, there was a study done by Harvard's Kennedy School of, School of Government, so not their business school, but the Kennedy School of Government that looked at sort of the power of kind of salary linking. And interestingly, like when we were when I was researching this, like there was some purported sort of retention improvements uh, with this kind of salary link financing tools. And that um, has actually proven out to be totally the case. And and we're able to actually see 
the cohort of employees using patient at an employer has a materially lower turnover rate than the cohort of employees not using patient. And so though like over time, a lot of employees with an employer will use patient, the the sort of soft benefit then for the CFO is, hey, gosh, not only are we helping people to access care earlier and on their own terms, but the people who are using patient are turning over at, you know, 60% less often than employees who are not using patient. And so mm-hmm. that, that's a cool sort of soft benefit that, you know, was sort of theorized as being out there, but we have actually seen in reality that it's true and it's real. And um, though it's hard to put a, a dollar amount yeah, um, to that, in my old hospital days, I couldn't go to my CFO and tell them to, to bank, you know, those turnover sort of reductions as as hard savings. It it, it definitely does help a business for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned a term uh, I don't think I've ever heard, uh, salary linking. Can you kind of explain that? I I think I know what you're talking about, but I honestly never heard that term. Yeah, yeah. So we we prompt to give employees in the states where it's allowable the ability to payroll deduct their payments over time. Gotcha. Um, that's what you I know, thought. That, yeah, and so that's that's what it is. You know, at my hospital, like I bought probably bought ten thousand breakfasts and lunches, you know, every over the years, you know, by just swiping my name badge in the cafeteria. And so to me, paying via payroll deduction was a very normal way to pay you know in fact i preferred it rather than carrying around a wallet in my scrubs that would fall out like i just you know swipe my name badge in the cafeteria down at the starbucks in the lobby and the gift shop for you know, a new bag of mints for my desk and so you know paying via parallel duck was just a totally normal easy thing for me and so what we've done is just taking that internal practice and, and made it sort of external and horizontal and so we're, we're giving you know the world the way uh, that new ability to uh, to pay that way yeah, that's a good segue in kind of how you, what led you to start patient, I guess, seeing those payroll deductions, working for a bank and things like that. I've never worked in a corporate environment that offered the payroll deductions like that at a cafeteria or whatever. Yeah, Did that kind of yeah. help lead you to start and kind of see that issue or what What kind of led you to to start this company? No, that, yeah. I mean, it... I thought that that was a totally normal and, you know, actually preferable way to pay. You know, just swipe your name badge and get your food and sit down and enjoy lunch with, you know, friends and colleagues. So, you know, kind of taking a look at, I had um, started, scaled and sold a prior company. Um, so, that, so patients might kind of real, really second business that we started as we built and sold a non-healthcare business back in 2014. And, that was kind of a bootstrapped, you know, uh, project that myself and you know my Dale, my co-founder, and I worked with, and that was awesome. It was great. Is like you know the proudest professional and personal achievement, you know, certainly for for us um, and, and for our families. And I wanted to do that again, just on a like larger scale and solve a, a sort of a larger, more important problem, you know, a, a more impactful problem for society, and certainly. Um, like helping people to access and afford care is, you know, one of our nation's like most pressing issues. And I wanted to to work on that in, in a way that also helps providers, you know, helps them sort of get paid for the work that they do uh, too, that helps employers um, reduce costs where, where possible. And, you know, three helps patients, helps, helps people, you know, better, um, better get care you know, on on terms that they can afford. And, and so I, I wanted to create 
something that solves you know problems for all three. Um, there's no shortage of solutions out there that solve a pain point or does something for one of those stakeholders at the expense of the other stakeholders. And I wanted to really kind of take some time to figure out, is there a way to help the status quo rather than just raging and throwing rocks against it? Is there a way to bring something into this world that that solves for all three of those? You know, I, I don't think high deductibles, I think that genie's out of the bottle and, and I, I don't see those going back to zero sort of in mass anytime soon. And so I, I think the long-term sort of secular trend is that more and more employees will pay more and more of their, their own care. Um, I don't think that that trend is going to suddenly reverse. And so I, I, you know, looked at sort of the prevalence of high deductible health plans and the sort of financial harm on both sides of the table, both for providers and patients, whenever they're accessing care at times in those plans and, and thought, hey, there's got to be a better way uh, for this to work. And um, seeing internally our ability to sort of payroll deduct expenses that just kind of felt normal and kind of provided a way to wedge into the world in a way that creates a value for for all, for all three of those those um, stakeholders. So bankruptcy via like medical debt is the most common type of personal bankruptcy. I'm sure you've seen some good stories and some terrible stories along those lines. Can you explain kind of in your words, the financial situation of the American healthcare. I mean, you you hit on it a lot there, but would you like to add anything there? Yeah, I think I think the broader, bigger story is that you know, for seventy years now, um, employer-sponsored healthcare has put us on this this trend, and so without vilifying any one incumbent or stakeholder, this is a story without villains. <laughs> Like no hospital administrator wakes up, you know, wanting to bankrupt folks. Yeah, I agree. no health plan wakes up, you know, wanting to, you know, not help its members and not help its their employers sort of sort out what bills make sense or don't. I, I think that there's examples where people can can kind of rage against the status quo, certainly, and point out instances where certain individuals are falling short of their aspirations, but. Yeah, as a whole, the, the whole thing has just collectively moved and migrated, and and it's a big number that has just compounded for a long, long time, and now it's just getting huge. And so I, I just don't think that you know our generation is going to be it's going to be the challenge of our generation. It's going to be our moonshot to try to figure out in mass like a, a different way to restructure how we buy and sell care because I think the rock is going to get so big that when we try to kick it kick the can down the road again. I think it's going to break our legs at some point. So maybe they'll use patient at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the larger story is um, that at some point we're just going to have to re- rethink this this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a great analogy. What do you think the next five to 10 years of healthcare look like? Do you foresee any big changes? I know Medicare for All is getting... Uh, a lot of press and whatnot. I'd be interested to hear your take being in a very different situation than on the broker side. Yeah. The thing that I believe in that I think most people won't maybe, maybe not agree with me on. So kind of my bold, bold prediction is that 
maybe not in five years, maybe not in 10 years, but uh, the way that this all ends, in my opinion, is um, I think healthcare follows retirement. And so stay, stay with me on this, but like, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, the, the way people paid and saved for their retirement was that, you know, there was, it was, there was their employer via the, the pension, you know, your defined benefit pension plan. Well, like companies instinctively have a hard time with unpredictable, you know, line items, unpredictable expenses. And so, you know, the amount of money that they have to reserve today and contribute to a pension plan for unknown future returns, unknown, you know, life expectancy, et cetera. Like that's, that's kind of a hard thing. And I think that the arc in this country naturally bends from defined benefit to defined contribution. And so in 1978, when the 401k came, came into being within 12 short years, defined benefit, the pension plans, you know, went away and the employer just total, totally externalized that to the employee. They're like, Hey, here's a grand, two grand, four grand in your 401k, life in my hands. I'm done. I'm out of it. It's not my responsibility anymore. You know, here, here you go. I, I think the same thing at some point in my life plays out with healthcare. I think that at some point, employers in mass will collectively make a deal with the government to sort of say, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to externalize catastrophic care. So, gosh, you know, the 5% of folks who have huge claims, we're not dealing with that any, any, anymore. So we'll make a bargain that, you know, a few points out of our paycheck, uh, maybe with, you know, employee and employer matching dollars. And then we would have essentially, you know, catastrophic sort of care for all, not necessarily Medicare for all, but you know, catastrophic care. And so it kind of takes the, that, you know, the, the very few unlucky sort of out of it, puts it in a giant risk pool. And then they just give HSA contributions for the rest. And so for sub-catastrophic care, I, I think that that at some point in my life becomes a, an effective cash marketplace. And catastrophic care is, is truly like insured or, or has there's insurance products or maybe it's it's you know some sort of quasi-governmental pool. But I, I think that's the way it all ends. And it kind of looks like retirement today, which is, you know, your 401k builds up, stays up in your early years, that functions. And then there's still this sort of quasi-public option, sort of speak, you know, like analogous to Social Security for right or wrong. And, you know, everybody contributes to that and everybody gets something at some point. So I think I think that's the way this all ends when it's all said and done. Um, I don't think that's anytime soon at all. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's my call. Yeah, I was talking to a, a carrier rep and he firmly believed that it was going to some form of the Medicare for all just as these as the carrier growth all of their growth is really on the Medicare side. So he is saying that the Uniteds will just become the administrators for the Medicare for all. And I think blending what you said along with that is probably where it could eventually end up. Who knows when that is, but that that's an interesting take on it. I have not heard uh, that perspective on it. Yeah. I think I like, I don't think this, well, for, for a lot of different reasons, I, I don't think, Medicare, I, I don't think, like, we will not accept uh, Medicare, like, for all, like, like people taking this over. But I, but I, I think that some sort of hybrid there where there's, you know, for sub-catastrophic care, which is most care, uh, maybe not most dollars, but most care, you know, a, a lot of that is less expensive than what people think. 
And so, you know, I think that that could be at some level bit of a, a more of a, a market. And so I think that, you know, but whereas catastrophic things, you know, that that is not and will never be. And so I think that that truly is is like the domain of, of what insurance needs to be. And so I'm not a healthcare economist, so I have you know, no idea what the numbers on are all this, but that's what I think like we are at some point in my lifetime uh, destined for. Yeah, I, I could see a lot of employers embracing uh, getting out of the, the health insurance business. Uh, so anything that accomplishes that in some form or fashion, I bet a lot of people would give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I full well know that like, hey, that's not the law today, and that's not people are mandated. Yeah, I'm not you're trying over to fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I I think it's at at some point it's just it's just crazy. You know, if you if you know if you have one or one and a half percent of your you know folks driving half of your total spend, I mean, you just you know happen to be unlucky and and hire you know someone who costs you. Two, three, four hundred thousand dollar a year. I mean, that's 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 an unfair burden to put on the the employer. I I think I and and now that I you know now that we have a growing team and and you know, we're offering you know taking care of folks like it's you know you you have to have something there. But it's it's um it's sort of a an unfair burden uh, for employers. I'm I'm new to it too, so I mean there's probably some na- naivety here uh, speaking, but that's what we're we're trying to help help folks with what the health most of the healthcare interactions they're going to have in their life which which for the most part would be you know sub catastrophic but even a two three four hundred dollar a thousand dollar two thousand dollar expense you know can be you know can feel catastrophic to folks and we're giving them a way to you know like any any expense is affordable if you have a long enough time frame to to pay it back and so you know what we're trying to do is to you know, give most people a way to pay most bills on um, on a time frame that works for most people's, you know, and their family's budget. Yeah, I, I love what you guys are doing. To shift a little bit away from healthcare, I'd be interested to hear what your experience has been like starting now your second company and kind of lessons learned since I just learned that you had already started one before this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. So like this is going, you know, the the difference is, you know, for, for, for patients. So my, my prior one, we, we, you know, myself and Daniel, uh, we bootstrapped, we were co-founders and, you know, bootstrapped on, on, on our own, a software platform for, you know, the on-demand delivery space back in 2006, 2007, before, before that was even called, you know, on, on-demand delivery. So if you wanted to start Matt's takeout, you could basically use our software white label back in the day. And so we, really caught and rode that that wave in sort of the the right time and and helped you know hundreds of entrepreneurs create their own sort of businesses and you know serve millions of of customers nationally so we were sort of well positioned at the confluence of several different trends you know like you know we started that business before there were iPhones like we had you know people with like Garmin's and like MapQuest directions <laughs> like it was crazy crazy and so, you know, technology enabled this whole new thing of like, you know, like Uber and DoorDash and all those, all those kinds of businesses. And so, like, it, it created opportunity uh, for a lot of people. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out. But you know, I am more pumped about patient than I am about about that. And that worked out uh, really, really well. You know, it kind of changed the way people 
live and, and work and play in some ways. But um, the same thing, the same mega societal trends are playing out here. And so I'm super pumped to be working with patient. Uh, we're venture backed this time. So having sort of built and sold that prior business definitely helped, um, helped us, helped us there. Um, but now we've got, you know, sort of, this is just such a much larger opportunity. We know we're playing in two regulated industries, healthcare and, you know, financial services. So we really needed to do it and build it the right way with the, with the team and, and a focus on, you know, sort of the end product. And it's just happening 50 times faster uh, than, than our last company. And so it's thrilling, it's exhilarating and lack of sleep and enhances, you know, the top and the bottom end of that spectrum. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you seem very good at swatting these very large trends. I mean, being, call it a hospital executive administrator, how did you swat that back in 05, 06? And uh, I'm, I'm interested how you picked up on that years before it became as popular as it is today. Yeah, we, so I wasn't, I, that was like right before I joined the, joined the hospital. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and so we, and it started that, and honestly, like my wife and I had just, you know, got married, and like we, um, like we needed benefits, and so I started working at the hospital. And gosh, you know, we welcomed our first son into the world, and I was like, man, this is a great, great place to be. Like I really enjoy working here, or I enjoy working, solving on, you know, these these, you know, different problems and helping people, you know, helping take good care of people. So like I just, you know, found and like this. You know, it was a great place and the mission really resonated with me. But at heart, I'm a entrepreneur and always have been. And, um, you know, um, this patient's awesome. Work with really, really uh, great people here. We've, we're lucky and privileged to have, you know, the backing of some early stage uh, venture funds with strong conviction in us. Um, and their support has enabled us to, you know, help, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people better access and afford care. And um, we're just growing the number of people that we're reaching and helping. And so it's, it's, it's fun right, right now, for sure. Absolutely. I'd be interested to hear what are some of your favorite interview questions, uh, either from your times at the hospital or what you're doing now at patient. Yeah, we, we, we like to get, get, get to know folks. Um, like once you kind of, you know, pass the bar in terms of, you know, cause you're, technical you know proficiency and ability like what we like to really do is kind of get a sense of who's this person how do they think about the world and and you know are they thinking about the world differently than are they bringing a different view of the world perhaps informed by you know a, a diverse experience in their life are they bringing that in our doors and are they adding to sort of like the collective sort of experiences that we have here so like well we asked like one of our most recent hires it was just kind of a, a fun thing but we had a we like cut cut out strips of paper of like these kind of questions. And like one of them was like, you know, what's your favorite song and 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 why? Or like, what what are the two or the three of your favorite songs? And we were just kind of at the getting to know you kind of stage. And so they kind of shared with us, you know, the rationale of of you know what are they reading, what songs do do they like, and why? Just for us to kind of get a a sense of meaning of of who they are. So just kind of like a fun, engaging way for them to also kind of then we of course reverse the questions on ourselves and. Uh, for them to kind of get to know us as as people, and we're privileged and lucky to add uh, him to our team, and um, we're working really super well together. What's been something that's been instrumental in your own success and overall health? Exercise, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know if that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's valid. To try to either like walk or run at least three miles a day, um, just to maintain sort of um, sanity in some sense of of just you know an outlet. I think that you know if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't can't help others. And so um, you know helping others and sort of working at the pace and speed that we're working out it it's demanding and, and um, it's, it's fun. It's exhilarating, but it's a lot. And so, you know, just trying to also, you know, um, model that and, and kind of help, help everyone here to, you know, encourage that when we have a nice day, we try and take a walk around our, our, around our building and just try to, you know, prioritize exercise rather than, you know, perhaps other, other ways of de-stressing that aren't, aren't quite helpful or healthy. Yeah. That, uh, that works. Brian, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the opportunity. We're always uh, um, pumped to, you know, share what we're doing and how we're helping people remove costs as a barrier to care. That is a good goal to, uh, to go after. So I appreciate you doing that. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Healthy Conversations with Matt McGee. If you enjoyed the show and want to know more, check us out at hcwithmattmatt.com. Please leave us a review and rating on iTunes, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Matt McGee is an employee of Frost Insurance. All opinions shared by Matt or guests of the Healthy Conversations podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Frost Insurance or Frost Bank. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for insurance, banking, or investment advice. Healthy Conversations is produced by Straight Up Podcasts.